on almost every platform of social media these days, you will see the top red flags in a relationship. So I thought, why not throw my hat into the ring and give you my top red flags in a relationship with a twist? Because I will also be giving you some green flags as well that just might counteract those red flags. Because sometimes we don't know what the good to look for in a person as well. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks. I am an energetic catalyst and fearless communicator. I spark leaders in transition who are unclear go from fear to fired up about their life and business. And today we are talking on the relationship, leadership, and love series on the red and green flags of relationships. I'm going to give my own little twist to the story. So when we're first dating someone, there are certain patterns that we might overlook that, you know, might, we might not, we might think, oh, we'll just give them the benefit of the doubt. However, when we continue to overlook these, these negative patterns, it could turn into something major issue could turn into something that could ultimately lead to a breakup or a divorce or even a t- into a toxic relationship. And yes, there's lots, of, like I said, there's lots of information out there about the red flags. So I'm, I'm going to throw in some green flags as well. Most recently, I had an episode about with my friend Jay Garrett about narcissism. And I just talked with someone else today about this topic, narcissism. Now, I am not talking about the diagnosis of narcissism. That is someone else's job to talk about. That is not my forte. I am not a doctor, even though I would like to play one, but I am not a doctor. I am actually a certified fearless living coach and I have been in multiple relationships where they've been toxic. I've been in the dating scene. I've done all the apps. I understand this world. And I know that there is something that most people don't talk about is how men are not just the ones who are the abusers. They've also been abused. Now we're talking big words, toxic, narcissism, abuse, And it's important. So the first one, the first red flag I want to touch on today is character assassination. Uh, A friend of mine just recently told me about their story and how his ex was constantly bad-mouthing her ex-husband. And he said that should have been a red flag, but I just bought into the story that she was telling me that he was a bad person. So think about that when you're meeting someone for the first time. I mean, this can go into interviews as well uh, for a job. This can go into, you know, business partners, things like that. If your person that you're talking with is bad-mouthing the other person, bad-mouthing their ex, bad-mouthing their ex-boss, then you really have to think, is this person telling their whole truth, the whole perspective, or is this person actually the one who is the the toxic one, the negative one, the one who might be, you know, not good for you, the one who might be a narcissist. 
They also complain, oh, my boss didn't do this or, oh, my, my ex didn't do that. And one of the things that they complain about, especially in relationships, is how they're always babysitting their child. Oh, I constantly, my ex constantly wants me to babysit my child or how much child support is. So let me just go to say right now that babysitting is not babysitting when you're taking care of your own child. It's called parenthood. So a green flag that would counteract a character assassination would be that they explain what's going on with their ex, not just what's happened in the past, but they're explaining it in real time in the present moment of what's happening. And again, that goes with ex-bosses as well. If there is something that is... um still some communication in their old job. They're not talking bad about them. They're not personally attacking them. They're not saying, oh, he was a blank, blank, blankety blank. Um, and you can fill in the blank, obviously. What they're saying is, is that our personalities clashed. We weren't in alignment with our goals. You know, something to that aspect that paints the picture a little bit tamer, a little bit nicer, a little bit kinder, that this person is not out that you're talking with, that you're interviewing, that you're you're possibly partnering with. This paints the picture of them being a kinder, gentler person and not just going for the jugular on putting down the other person. Another red flag is a lack of communication. If your partner is refusing to communicate at all, gives you the silent treatment, you know, avoids, you know, completely cut you off. Maybe you're just in the first dating phases and you don't hear from them for a while. I mean, to me, all of that is red flags that, you know, might be something substantial down the road. So what would be a green flag to counteract that? Healthy communication is uh, the foundation of any relationship. You know, are they able to bring to the table the issues that are really going on? Are they willing to bring to the table the challenges that might be, you know, that they might be facing that's really happening in their own way? Are they willing to be vulnerable and talk about what their thoughts are, what their feelings are. And now, mind you, I get it. Not everybody is comfortable with being vulnerable, but are they willing to at least start with you because you're the one building that relationship with? Again, this could be in dating. This could be in a business relationship. Are they willing to share and give you um, transparency in what is happening with them? And if they're lying, here is another, a, a side note of a red flag. Sometimes people who are lying will start to lie to you in the beginning of a relationship, little tiny things to test you or to groom you into, into thinking, oh, it's just a little white lie. It's no big deal. In fact, they may even use that terminology. Oh, it's just a little white lie. It's no big deal because they're trying to tell you or set you up. They're trying to set you up for when they bring you the big lie later on in the relationship that, oh, you're used to them lying. It's so profound how people who 
are logical and rational think of lying in one aspect and people who are not logical and not la- not logical and not rational will use lying for their own good because they believe their own lies. And we talked about that a little bit in, in the, the episode a couple of weeks ago about narcissism, how literally they believe their own lies. They have told so many lies that they just have come to believe that that is true. Because if they don't, they're going to be found out that they're not being true. And that is the last thing that they want. They don't want to know. They don't want you to know that they're being untrue. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, why would anybody do that? That goes back to that whole, this is not logical. This is not rational. So you cannot try to figure it out. You just have to understand the behavior of the person that this is what they're doing so that you can make a decision on how you want to show up or go forward in this relationship. Disrespectful behavior. You know, I have my own way of saying being disrespectful and pardon my language. So I apologize if there are kids listening to this as well, but the disrespectful language is, is uh, what it really boils down to is don't be a dick, right? Like the red flags are, they are disrespectful to you, to others, you know, Pay attention to how they treat their parents or their other loved ones. How are they treating their their siblings? Not every sibling out there can possibly be the, the one with the problem. I mean, there is a common denominator and it is that person you're talking to, right? So you have to really notice and pay attention to how sometimes they'll be quietly disrespectful and you not even notice. What's a green flag to counteract this one is to be respectful. How does someone treat the the server that you're at in a restaurant? Are they kind to them? Kindness goes beyond niceness. Niceness is sometimes out of we're told to be nice, but kindness comes from your heart. Kindness comes because it's not something out of obligation. It's just who you are. Niceness is sometimes out of obligation, but being kind and genuinely being kind, I think we, you can tell when someone's being not genuinely kind, you can almost see it on their face. Maybe they have a a devious grin or a look in their eye, or maybe their their body posture is different, but just pay attention to when people are being kind to others. That's a green flag, especially when there's a disagreement and especially when there's stress. Because let's be honest, and not everyone gets their food right at a restaurant, right? So how can you handle that with kindness and care and compassion for that other person rather than just blowing up and throwing a fit and how dare you and take everything personally? So that is something to watch for in your partner. Trust is the next red flag. In order to build trust, one has to be trustworthy. I mean, this is such a a concept that some people don't even get. They just automatically think, well, you know me, as in you met me five minutes ago, you should automatically trust me. 
And trust is established or trust is built when you've established rapport. So how can you establish rapport and not establish that rapport around your old wounds when it's around something like common interest? How can you establish rapport when it's around something that's positive instead of a negative of, oh, my ex did this or, oh, my ex did that? That is when real trust is built. Also, I want to mention about trust. If if your partner is constantly asking of about your ask, actions or your whereabouts, or they keep secrets from you, and again, we go back to lying, that is a lack of trust. So they're proving to you that they can't be trustworthy. Their actions are showing you that they can't be trustworthy. Even though their words might be saying something different, we have to pay attention to those actions. When their actions are saying one thing and their words are saying another, I completely believe that the reason they're doing that is to cause confusion. When they are asking about your whereabouts and they're questioning your actions, and they don't have anything positive to say about it. Then they keep going deeper and deeper. They may start to gaslight you. And that's something we haven't even touched base on yet, but we will get to that. They may start to ask you other questions that feel a little off, that feel funny, that you're questioning yourself like, wait, did that actually happen? They're not showing you that they can be trustworthy. If their actions are not in alignment with their words, they're causing you confusion. And it's okay to be in that confusion state because anytime you're questioning about how they feel, how they are, what kind of person they are, they've created that confusion for a reason because they want you to be confused. They want you to really not understand what's actually happening. So think about that in a relationship or in if you're dating someone, or if you're talking with them for a possible partnership in a business, if they're not showing you and their words are not aligning with what they've shown you, they want, they might want to create some confusion for you. And if you ask, can you please clarify? So let's say you have that confusion, please ask, Please clarify. I misunderstood. I need to know more information. Continue to, to tell me more about that. And they brush it off or they refuse. That's a red flag. Now, on the opposite end of that, if they say, absolutely, let me, where can I explain to it better? How can I show you so that you can understand in a different way? That is is a green flag because they're, again, they're building that trust. They're giving you an opportunity to believe them. I think it's Maya Angelou who says, uh, when people who show you who they are, believe them the first time. Hmm. I have my own, you know, dating experience. I have tested this. And I have gone on first dates and just listened to what the other person had to say, observed 
not just their actions, but what they were talking about, what they chose to talk about. Because again, if you're silent and you're just observing coming from a place of what is, let me find out who they are, man, what they say speaks volumes. And then as time goes on, what they do seals the deal. So remember that actions always speak louder than words. They can have good intentions with what they say. And then when they follow through with those intentions or they follow through with communication of how they cannot follow through on those intentions, that is a green flag. That builds trust. That shows that they are a trustworthy partner, that they're invested in this relationship with you, whether again, whether it's in a, a romantic relationship or a business partner relationship, they are willing to make this work. Another buzzword that gets thrown around a lot is emotionally unavailable. And I know I am guilty of saying it as well, because I learned myself that I was emotionally unavailable. And I'll get to that in a second. So if a, so the red flag is if the partner is emotionally unavailable or distant or resists talking about the deeper thoughts or feelings that's going on with them, that's what being emotionally avail, unavailable is. Maybe they're non-supportive. Like they don't have the capacity to support you in your endeavors. Maybe they're just not willing to be supportive. So I'll give you an example. A client of mine was sharing with me about how her boyfriend was the man she wanted to marry that she saw herself with. And I said, that's awesome. Tell me how supportive he is of you. And she said, what? Supportive? Well, he's always encouraging me. I said, that's great. So is that enough? Is encouraging you enough for you? And she was like, well... I mean, I do a lot of things where I'm in the public eye and I would really like for him to be with me. I said, that that's very commendable. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. Have you talked to, have you spoke with him about that? And she said, yes, I've asked him to attend those things. And I said, that's great. And what happens? And she said, well, he normally has to work late. I said, oh, really? He normally has to work late every time that you have something that you would like for him to attend. And she's like, yeah, typically, I mean, he works really hard. And I said, I get that. And I get that you're wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's using his job as the excuse. And we all know how important our careers are to us because this, what you're doing is your career and it's important to you. So great awareness that he's using his job is an excuse. Now, I'm not saying that this is good, bad, or indifferent. I'm just letting you be aware of what his words are actually saying and what his actions are not. So his actions was that he wasn't willing to show up for her. He wasn't showing up for her. After his numerous conversations of asking him to show up for her, she realized a man like this, if he isn't supportive, in my career, is he going to be supportive in the marriage and when I need him to help me out with the kids? Huge awareness for her, huge awareness for her. For me, 
when I realized I was emotionally unavailable, it was after spending some time with, with some family members that I really got to see that they were emotionally unavailable and I knew who my parents were. And so I'm like, wow, I come from a long line of emotionally unavailable people. It can't possibly be me. And the opposite is true, right? Uh, and then I went, oh, maybe it is me. Maybe I'm also emotionally unavailable because I don't know how to be emotionally available. I don't know how to be vulnerable. And at the time all of this was happening in my life, I couldn't even pronounce the word vulnerable. It was like, like I was stumbling over it because it was such a foreign concept to me. And I was terrified to be vulnerable. Being, Being vulnerable to me, see, there are times I still can't say it. Being vulnerable to me, was probably the scariest thing ever that you were going to know what I was actually feeling. You were going to, you wanted me to tell you what I actually thought, not the truth, but the truth about me. You want me to share that with you? Oh, I, I don't know if I can do that. Those are literally thoughts that I had with myself. And yet I knew that I had to be willing to share. I had to be willing to be uncomfortable. And I made it a a challenge for myself to consistently have vulnerable conversations where I was sharing, not just listening, but I was sharing. And it made a world of difference because every time that you take out a step out of your comfort zone, the more vulnerable you are, the more confidence you gain. You know, on the green flag side of this emotional intelligence or emotionally unavailable is emotional intelligence, right? Is being able to say, I am feeling blank. When this happens, this is what's happening to me. When you're not supportive, like my client, when you're not supportive and show up for me, it makes me feel abandoned. It makes me feel like I'm not good enough for your time. If you show up constantly late for me, it shows that I'm not a priority. Another way that emotionally unavailable people is they're not willing to show up for what your needs are. Like maybe it's part of the love languages. If you've read that book, The Five Love Languages, I believe it's by Gary Chapman. He talks about words of affirmation. So Is this person that you're looking for to be a partner, are they emotionally intelligent to be able to give you words of affirmation? Can they speak life into you? Can they encourage you? Um, One client, my client was talking like, yes, he was encouraging her. And was that enough? So is it okay to have more than one need? Absolutely. We have five love languages. So why wouldn't we have more than one need, right? And there's not just a one, five love languages. That's it. That's all we need. No, the truth is we need almost all of them. So words of affirmation, think about that. Are you giving words of affirmation to people? Physical touch. And I don't mean physical touch in the bedroom. This is outside the bedroom. Are you holding hands? Are you reassuring someone with maybe a a, a hand pat or a pat on the back? Like way to go. Are you giving? And receiving 
physical touch, words of affirmation, um, quality time is a huge one for me, especially. So I was dating this gentleman and he was constantly busy. He was a workaholic and he wasn't at work. He was playing in a band. And when he wasn't playing in a band, he was with his family. His, he had two uh, teenage children. He was spending time with them. So it left very little time for me. Now, mind you, I was terrified to say, hey, I need some more time. And finally, when I did, he said, I just can't give that to you. That doesn't work in my, in my environment. And we parted ways. It wasn't a, a big fight. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, how dare you? Blank, blank, blank. No, it was just understanding the other person's lifestyle. If they cannot give it to you, but they're willing to give it to you when they can, you have to make that decision. Is this enough for me? Can I sustain a relationship with only seeing them on a part-time basis? And for me, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I'm looking for. So I really had to be clear with me about what it is that I needed in quality time. So if you do take that five love languages test, it's an online test. I highly recommend it. If you do take it, then I would suggest that you follow up with the green flag of being emotionally intelligent and being willing to ask for what it is that you need from those five love languages. Maybe a new partner, you share the quiz with them and you go, oh, here, what's yours? This is mine. And you compare notes and say, okay, what does it look like when you're giving and receiving this, these, um, these love languages? I mean, this can be a whole topic in itself, but that is a green flag when you're having the conversation and you're being willing to support each other and communicate with each other. Boundaries is another wonderful book that literally changed my life. This is another green flag. If you have healthy boundaries and saying, I won't accept this and I will accept this. I'm okay with this. This is negotiable. How often are you checking in with your partner and saying, these are the boundaries that that may have been crossed a little. And I really want to go back to that and say, no, this isn't okay. So how can we negotiate that? Maybe it's something that is negotiable. Maybe it's something that you can bring to the conversation that, that I love to use this quote from the, the book, Nonviolent Communication is, I feel blank when you blank. Would you be willing to discuss this further when our schedules allow it? Because when you're trying to do that in the heat of the moment and tempers are flared and people are triggered and you might not be being as respectful as you'd like to be, that conversation is probably not the good idea to have. But you can decide to schedule it later. And again, a green flag would to, for your partner to be like, absolutely, let's get it on the calendar. I want to make time for you. Another red flag Ah, this one is manipulation. And it is a very broad topic of manipulation. So we talked about in the narcissism uh, episode, talked a little bit about some of these, but love bombing. 
love bombing is how amazing someone is in the very beginning. Like you are the best thing since sliced bread and they think you're all that and a bag of chips and all those amazing cliches. They are in it to win it. They are 110% fully committed and invested in you in the very beginning. That is love bombing. That is a way of manipulating you so that you are so starstruck that you're like, oh my gosh, this is so fast. Which brings me to the net. another one is there's a time pressure. They're always on their time. They're not on or being respectful of your time. This is that constantly being late. This is, I'm not making you a priority. Like um, uh, someone that I had dated, he wasn't willing to make me a priority and that's fine. It wasn't about me. It's that in his season of life, he couldn't find the time to create space for all the things that he was doing. So that is a red flag. It's not that he was a bad person. It's that the behavior was a red flag and I needed to make the decision that was right for me. Another red flag under the manipulation is isolation. Are they keeping you from your typical routine? Or do you have a, a weekly uh, guy's night out or a girl's night out? And they're saying, no, you can't go or take me with you. Or, you know, why don't you, wouldn't you rather spend time with me? Wouldn't you rather take me out? Or wouldn't you rather Netflix and chill? I mean, don't get me wrong. That would be great. And if this is something that you've already done, that you have that you have done for years, that you have done for months, this is your typical routine. They're trying to take you away and isolate you, not just from the thing that you did, but also the people you are around. Trying to isolate you from your friends, your family, and maybe the support system that you have. Control also kind of falls under this whole manipulation thing. And it's part of the isolation. Control, maybe they're they're telling you not to go to someplace because they don't want you to go or, or to reschedule that event because they have something more pressing. And control, again, is such a broad spectrum, but there's so many things that we don't even realize we're trying to control. I mean, I'm even guilty of trying to control. And it's not I am not doing it from a red flag perspective. I'm just, not, sometimes I'm unaware because we're so used to being independent at times that we do things for ourselves that it comes across as being controlling. So the great thing about being with someone who has green flags like boundaries and they ask the question, you know, I feel like you're you're questioning my judgment when you're being controlling. And I'm like, What? Wow, you're right. I didn't even realize I was being controlling. I didn't mean to be questioning your judgment. It has nothing to do with your judgment. It's my stuff. It's my background, my past that I'm bringing to this. So I'm just giving you all the information, uh, not because I'm trying to control you or control the, your actions or the situation. I'm just not sure yet. I'm just not sure yet. That's all. My intentions are coming from a good place. I do apologize. And guess what an apology is? An apology is not just words. An apology has changed 
behavior. And we'll get to that in a second, but I got some more to go under this manipulation. Man, there's a lot under here. Gaslighting, where they're constantly questioning you of past conversations or bringing it up. Or are you sure you didn't do that? Are you sure you weren't at that bar until midnight? Are you sure you got home at 1 a.m.? You know, who were you with? What are you doing? Constantly questioning to the fact that you're questioning yourself. Like, wait, was I? Was I talking to someone I shouldn't be talking to? Was I being a little too flirty and nice to the person, the cashier at the at the checkout counter? Huh. That's literally happened to me. We got in the car after shopping one day and he, uh, my ex went ballistic. He's like, you were flirting with him and blah, blah, blah. And I literally sat there and was questioning everything he said. Like, was I? What did I exactly say? And I'm replaying the conversation I had because I learned to not even trust myself because he was so good at manipulating me, gaslighting me that I hadn't even realized that that's what he was doing. So, so far into our relationship, I was literally questioning myself and not trusting myself. I knew I wouldn't flirt with someone. But, so to have him question that made me question it. And if there's any intuition, any gut feeling that something is just off, that something is not quite right, follow that. Follow that. Listen to that. Be observant of that. Be aware of that, that small inner voice that says, hey, watch out for that. Hey, is that a red flag? Just be curious about that, that intuition, that inner voice. A green flag to all of this manipulation is compromise, is negotiating, is honesty, is a back and forth, a give and take. It shows that both people are willing to work together. It shows that you care. It shows that you're invested. It shows that you're not just interested. You're not just intrigued, that you are invested in making this work. So if there is truth, if there is compromise, if there is willingness to have the conversations, that is a, is a green flag. And number seven, mm, this is a doozy, anger. Now we all express anger, right? We all have it. We can't, it's just natural to have anger. It's natural to be angry about something. So the red flag of when anger shows up is that it's the only emotion that they can express on a constant basis. It is the only thing that they can focus on they're never happy. They're never satisfied. They are never content. They are never filled with joy. They are only angry. And then they show it and they act it out. That is when the actions also speak louder than words is because they're aggressive in what they do to show you that anger. It might be pushing at first. So when I was with, with my ex, who, as you know, you've been a fan of the show for a while, you know, he was abusive. And what happened 
it wasn't like I'm going to push you down and or I'm not going to choke you and and, you know, punch you and what you see in the movies. I mean, that's very for some people, it's very real. For me, it wasn't like that. He was setting a precipice. He was setting the tone of what he could get away with and what he couldn't get away with. And what he started with was just pushing me. And it might have been a just a push and then a walk away. And then it got to being a push. I'm going to push you up against the wall and hold you there. And then it got to be, I'm going to push you down and stand over you. And then it got to be where I'm going to push you down, stand over you, and then I'm going to choke you. Unfortunately, that's the progression that he was on, that he that his anger showed up as. That was his behavior. So that, any of those things, please know that those are red flags. And if that is happening to you, please seek help. Please seek support. If it is not to the police because you're afraid, seek support in a, in a trusted friend. Seek support that maybe a counselor. Seek support in a, a support group for other domestic violence survivors. And you are, might not even think that this is domestic violence, that pushing is not domestic violence. But it's just the one thing that might lead up to one day they're holding a gun to your head. Because true story, that's how it escalated for me. And thank God he didn't pull the trigger. But yet it started with just a push. So a green flag to anger is the willingness to be vulnerable. The willingness to say what you mean and mean what you say. The willingness to go, you know what? I'm really pissed off right now. I just need some space. The willingness to ask for what it is that you need. Asking for space. I think we can all, most of us can understand when you're like, hey, I just need five, give me five minutes, give me 10 minutes, go for a walk around the backyard or walk around the block or go for a drive or something, but the willingness to communicate that and say, I'll be back in an hour. That is the other key component is a green flag is saying when the time limit is up and not, Hey, I need some space. And they show up a week later or, Hey, I need some space and they show up the next day or, Hey, I need some space. And they show up eight hours later after being in the bar all day. That's not a good flag. That's a red flag. So it's about willing to ask for what it is that they need, being willing to say what they mean and mean what they say, and the willingness to be vulnerable and be okay with saying, you know, that really makes me angry. I'm really triggered right now because anger is not about that moment, that moment in the moment. Anger is about something that happened in childhood and years ago in the past. And it's resurfaced in this conversation in this moment. That's what anger is. Remember, our childhood experiences shape our adult decisions. And what people say to us will trigger us and fuel anger. 
And that is an opportunity to ask, what am I, what is happening that I am triggered right now? What does this remind me of? And it's not about the person. Not mad at the person. You're not angry at the person. You're angry at the behavior. You're angry at the words that they used. You you are angry at the choices that they made that impacted you in a way that you didn't like. And if you're getting angry and you find yourself getting angry for no reason or possibly no reason, or you're constantly blaming the other person for getting angry, I'm going to ask you and urge you to get help and to question that. What is triggering you? What could possibly be going on inside? Maybe it's a medical condition. Maybe anger is a symptom of high blood pressure. Maybe anger is a symptom of depression. Most likely anger is a symptom of something unresolved from childhood that has now reared its ugly head and is triggering you again. So again, this is a really touchy subject is this anger. So if you need help, if you're receiving angry, some anger and abuse and physicalness around anger, I urge you to seek help. I urge you to seek support. If you're the one showing the anger and it's getting physical and you're blaming the other person and you don't know, you feel out of control when you're angry, I urge you to seek support. There are coaches, there are counselors that are willing and worth you working with. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a very deep topic on this series of relationships, leadership, and love. And yet it is so crucial that we talk about the red flags and the green flags, that they go hand in hand, that there is something that can counteract that. And just remember, most importantly, that an apology is not just words. An apology is changed behavior. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Relationship, Leadership, and Love series. I hope that you learned something from it, that you may even took some notes, that you're going to share it with some people that you're like, oh, you know what? You might need to hear this. And you might go, you know what, Shay? I need to find someone to work with. So feel free if you want to work with me, to reach out to me at heyshay at shaysparks.com. Or you can go to the podcast website at shaysparkspodcast.com and you can leave me an email there. I would love to learn more about you and how we can work together because I believe that we can overcome any obstacle as if, if we're willing to do the work, and if we're willing to be self-aware enough of what we, how we're showing up in the world. So until next time, may we light this world on fire together. Let's get fired up.